When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thursday, April 1st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Horns, our tribe beat writer. Hornsy, we're uh, in Detroit. We're in masks. We're in a, a booth in the, uh, the Tigers press box. But it's opening day. Baseball season has arrived. The Indians come out 3-2 uh, losers in the opener to Detroit. Uh, just your first impressions of, of what we saw out of the Indians today. Uh, uh, was it what you expected coming into this season? Yeah, you know, I, Joe, I thought uh, Shane Bieber looked as expected, looked, uh, what, 12 strikeouts, six innings, looked very strong. Uh, unfortunately, the offense looked like I thought it might look like, but, you know, there were extenuating circumstances, too. It was 32 degrees. It was snowing. So, uh, you know, not a great, not not very conducive to a swing in the bat. Yeah, let's, uh, let's set the stage here uh, in, in Detroit. It was 30, 31, 32 degrees at, at first pitch. Uh, flurries, uh, almost like a whiteout sort of condition. I don't know if you could see that really well at home on the uh, on, on the TV, but here it was it was pretty crazy. You know, just just the thought of how how it must feel to try and catch uh, behind the plate with the ball like that, uh, a white ball in the, in, in the, the snowy conditions. Uh, fly balls to the outfield, dangerous for the outfielders too. Uh, I, I'll tell you, we went down to the concourse to grab a hot dog. By the time we got the hot dog and got it back up to the press box. Uh, it was pretty cold. It was, it was, uh, that was a one cold sausage that we had uh, here in Detroit. But, uh, you know, the, they're major leaguers. They, they play through these conditions. They expect these conditions. Uh, nobody's going to make any excuses. But it was interesting to see, you know, and see Roberto Perez talk about how the conditions behind the plate might have led to, a, you know, a couple of key plays in the game. And that's Shane Bieber. He likes to he likes to bounce those curveballs in there for strike three. Uh, he did so in the second inning to Victor Reyes. Uh, the ball skipped up the line on Roberto Perez, and Reyes wound up, uh, you know, the, the eventual game-winning run coming around to score because he got on base that way. Yeah, he struck out and uh, reached first base on the wild pitch, and then came around to score on a double that maybe. You know, maybe a better throw from Jose Ramirez gets him at the plate, but uh, it was a bang bang play, and it was really, you know, that that, that was a difference in the, in a three two game. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it it and the ground was frozen because of the, it was you know 31, 30 32 degrees. degrees, and the ball was bouncing funny. Uh, uh, Bieber and and Perez said that you know Perez took the blame. He said, "I can't remember the last time I had two wild pitches in a game. That's on me." And uh, so we'll go from there. But, uh, you know, I thought, uh, Joe, you know, Matthew Boyd is a guy the Indians have knocked around before. They, mm -hmm. He's two and six in his career against them, and they couldn't touch him today. And uh, I don't know if, you know, I think obviously the weather had something to do with it, a lot to do with it. And uh, finally, Perez comes around, hits a two-run homer in the ninth, and 
you know, you're right back in the game. And that just shows you what good pitching does. Even though you look outmatched at the plate for eight innings, one swing of the bat, and, and you're, it allows you to come back into the game and put the tying run on for on what on, on first base with two out. Right. Yeah. I, they, they got a walk by Ben Gamble after the home run by Perez. Uh, they, they had the tying run on base. Uh, weren't able to advance and weren't able to get him around. Uh, a sort of, uh, you know, for me, the two things that you sort of feared the most coming out of spring training and, and opening the season with this team, uh, you know, would they be able to produce runs and, and hit the ball enough? Uh, I think they had five hits in the game, but, you know, at least two of them were, were infield, uh, you know, balls that, that didn't leave the infield. Uh, I think only Cesar Hernandez and, and maybe Josh Naylor uh, squared balls. I think Josh Naylor was a broken bat uh, yeah. base hit. So, you know, there's not a lot there. Uh, in terms of offense and the defense, we, we did have, you know, substantial fears about the defense coming out of spring training because of, you know, who was playing where uh, on that play that you were talking about, Eddie Rosario missed the cutoff. Yeah. The cutoff man on that play was Andres Jimenez and he, he sailed it over his head. I don't think Eddie Rosario's hit a cutoff man on spring. <laughs> so, so again, you know, suspect defense, little things like that. And we're talking about Shane Bieber. Uh, Shane Bieber has to be allowed to make two mistake pitches in a game. Yeah, he made a mistake pitch to Jacoby Jones for that double. And in the first inning, it was a mistake pitch that he wanted down and down and away. He got it up and out over the plate to Miguel Cabrera. And Miguel Cabrera did Miguel Cabrera things, uh, sort of flicked it into, into the right field seats uh, just over the head of Josh Naylor into the uh, above the yellow line for a home run. Uh, yeah, again, when you're letting the corpse of uh, Miguel Cabrera come back and kill you, he also did it with the glove. Yeah, he, he had a great. He robbed Josh Naylor of a of a play. Uh, didn't start a double. He, he robbed him of an RBI base yeah. hit though uh, later on in the game. Yeah, the ghost of a Miguel Cabrera comes back, and uh, you know he's built his Hall of Fame career largely against the Indians. He's got he has uh, the most home runs, most RBIs in his career against any single team. That team is the Indians, and you know, he hasn't done any, barely done anything against in the last three years. And here he comes back on the opener, makes a great play on defense and hits a two run homer in the first sitting through a, like a blizzard. You yeah. know, I, I don't think, you know, Naylor, even if he had had a chance to catch that ball, couldn't, he couldn't have seen, couldn't have seen it. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk to Josh Naylor at some point and ask him what he saw in that play. But uh, again, uh, Naylor's from Canada. He's used to picking things out of yeah, the snow. Right. Yeah, that yeah. can't be, that can't be all that hard. Uh, so, so really, you know, this is the, an Indians team that had dominated the, the, the Tigers up until, you know, midway last season, I think it was something like 20 some games in a row or yeah, there, were, there was a, a long streak there. They went the entire, what, 2019 season without uh, only losing one game. Yeah, they were 18 and one against them. 18 and one. And, and they continued that streak uh, early in the, the 2020 season, uh, until the, the Tigers finally broke through, but you know, uh, it, Tigers have a new look. They have a new manager. They have, you know, maybe a little momentum and some, some young guys. They, they just certainly don't have the pitching that the Indians have right now. Right. And, uh, you know, we, you know, the, you know, um, Boyd pitched well, the guys that came in after him were, were, you know, held the Indians down until what the, the ninth inning when Soto, uh, they got, they reached Soto a little bit, but they hung with him and he, he got the save. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the difference in the, in the two teams, I think. Uh, and, you know, it'll be, it's supposed to be better the, this weekend. So I think we'll get a, 
you know, a fair look at the Indians offense uh, under some, hopefully some decent weather conditions. You also got uh, sort of an indication the way that Terry Francona is going to manage here early on in the season. Uh, the, the first opportunity he got to, to get Brian Shaw up and, and, and going in the bullpen, he got him into the game uh, in the seventh inning. Uh, Brian Shaw came in, had a, a, a strikeout, a walk, and then the rest zeros. So uh, when, when you've got good Brian Shaw, that's a typical good Brian Shaw inning. You could also have a line, a line with Brian Shaw where it's a home run, a walk, you know, this and that. But uh, this, was, this was good Brian Shaw, and he, he threw the ball well, it looked like. Yeah, I mean, he picked up right where he left off in spring training. He had a good spring, made the club out of spring training. And, you know, he came, you know, he struck people out in spring training. He did the same thing today, uh, you know. And, uh, and, you know, the whole, really, the bullpen came in and pitched well after Beaver. Uh, Karen you know, Check. Karen Check pitched well. He, he walked a guy, but he got out of the inning. He had a strikeout. So, uh, so that, you know, it was, it was a good, uh, it was... <laughs> They did, you know, they did everything, you know, basically right could win. So, you know, I mean, a lot of teams can say that. And and Terry Francona said uh, in his postgame remarks, he's like, we'll, we'll win a couple of games like that. We'll, we'll come through and win a couple of games like that. And they will. I, I no doubt uh, this was a game that they they could have played a little better, could have played a little cleaner and crisper and might have had a chance to, to pull it out there. But uh, I don't I don't think uh, it's by any means something that you, you hold against them here. Uh the bullpen, though, I, I I really think that this is a bullpen that can can be a weapon for Terry Francona, and if these guys pitch this way throughout the season, it, it's going to be a, a good thing uh, for this team. It's going to keep them in a lot of ball games, combined with the the way the the starters can pitch. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know we were saying uh, you know we were, we've said before on on previous podcasts we all we both thought that would be a weakness where we were concerned about it, but. Know that he's put together a good bullpen. The Indians usually do. You know, they it's a little different. You know, it's not the you know the bullpen from I think two years ago where they had a, a bunch of guys that throw off speed pitches. You know, and mm-hmm. and kind of soft throwers, but they were still you know one of the ERA leaders uh, in the pens. This this year is going to be you know Karinchek, uh, Karinchek uh, in uh, uh, Class A. You know, two hard throwers. You know. Uh, Shaw throws hard and, uh, you know, the Trevor Steffen, you know, they both, uh, so it's a, a little different look and we'll see how it settles in. I like, uh, you know, how to, uh, we got a chance to see how Francona might use his bench as well. Right. And that's what I was just going to get to. Uh, he, he pulled in at the last inning, he got Ahmed Rosario, uh, an at bat, and you could see the, the dominoes falling where things would have gone had the Indians tied the ball game up. He had Class A pitching, uh, warming up in the bullpen. So Class A would have come in to pitch uh, the bottom of the ninth in a tie game. And uh, he, he had pinch hit for Bowers, who had already pinch hit in the game for Chang. So yeah. Bowers would have been out. They would have had to put Rosario into at center. And yeah. they would have had to move Gamble to right. And Josh Naylor would have had to go to first base uh, as with the substitution pattern there. But it you know, aside from Ahmed Rosario making his center field debut uh, in, you know, in 32 degree temperatures in a tie ball game in the ninth inning, I think that, you know, pretty much worked out the way he wanted it to. Yeah. You you know, Rosario gets a hit. Then you see, you know, Luplo starts in in center, makes a nice play. Doesn't get a hit, you know, against, uh, he was in there to, because he he was in there to do damage against against Boyd Boyd and he didn't. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't, but he made a nice catch. 
in you know in uh, what was that the eighth inning maybe was that mm -hmm. diving catch it was, the di it was it was it was Bieber's last out it was the the, the end of the sixth yeah 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 so yeah he made a nice catch there and uh, then Gamble comes in for him so you you can see how you know you can see the wheels working and see how you can see how Frank Conant's going to utilize those guys right. The Talkin' Tribe opening day virtual event will take place April 5th at noon, featuring Indians reporters and columnists from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. Tickets can be reserved online at Cleveland.com. This year, you can enter to win entry to our VIP experience and get the opportunity to mingle with former Cleveland Indians players. Only 150 tickets are available for the exclusive experience and can be won through our sweepstakes. Register now to win at cleveland.com slash tribe. Be sure to join Paul Hoynes, Terry Pluto, Joe Noga, and Doug LaMaurice as we get you ready for the home opener at Progressive Field and the rest of the Indians' 2021 season. There's never been a better time to register for Indians subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. <laughs> so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. I want to get into, uh, there, there's a, a, obviously last night, uh, late last night, if uh, you guys had been paying attention, Francisco Lindor agreed to a uh, contract extension with the New York Mets, uh, $341 million over 10 years beginning in 2022. So combine that with the, what, 22.3 million he's making this year uh, from the Mets in arbitration, not arbitration, um, uh, yeah, arbitration. They, they yeah, agreed, they avoided they arbitration. Avoided. Uh, so really it's like an 11 year contract with the, with 22 up front and, you know, 10 years after that, but he's going to be in New York for a long time. He, it makes him what? $1 million more than Fernando Tatis. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be the highest. So, shortstop. so, so you, you kind of knew where that was going. You knew all along that that's what he was gunning for, but just to see it, it with that $1 million difference, that, that just sort of really bugged me. Uh, and, and they didn't even play today. 
the, the Mets and the Nationals were canceled so that Lindor could stay in his hotel room and count his stacks of money <laughs> on his day off uh, as his team quarantines. But uh, well, because of the uh, because of the Nationals uh, COVID. Yeah, the Nationals had a couple of uh, COVID positives. So that that series is postponed uh, until at least Saturday. But, uh, you know, Terry Francona, when asked about Lindor's contract, you know, said, you know, good for Frankie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he got what he wanted. You know, this is what they've been aiming for him and his agent uh, all along. And uh, they got the deal. They, uh, you know, it sounded like the Mets, you know, kind of playing hardball at what, 325 million. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Francona, I mean, uh, you know, Francisco. Uh, Francisco and his agent wanted 345 or 346. I, I had heard as high as what 385, yeah. something like that. Yeah, so maybe they can, you know, they, they eventually settled. You know, that's a <laughs> that's yeah, they settled at 341 million. And so that's an astronomical amount of money. But you know, good for Lindor. This is what he wanted. It's going to keep him in uh, New York. And you know, this is you know, you think about it. You know, I, I was listening, uh, driving up here today, I was listening to MLB uh, Network or Sirius Radio. And they're saying what a great signing this was for the, the Mets. You're keeping the, one of the star players in the game in a big city. This is great for the game. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, this guy played for, you know, six years or five years in Cleveland. And everybody thought he was a great player, but it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't the, until he got to New yeah, York that he became this a was superstar, the best, right? This was the best thing in the game. Now, you know what? The, the Mets had a, had a gun to their head. If they didn't get that deal done and, and he walked in free agency after this, this season, that would that would have been the, the biggest you know story the biggest headline for the Mets forever would have been the failure to 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 get that deal done, you know good on Frankie great great job that's that's what that's five or six Indians payrolls right now in in, in over the life of that contract you think about it the Indians could pay their players right now for five or six years based on what Francisco Lindor is is going to make off of uh, Steve Cohen and the Mets great you know great I. I I'm just, I'm just tired of seeing all of these these tweets and these notifications. Now that he's in New York, everything he does, every blister, every 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 splinter, every toenail, it's it's headline news. And that's and that, that for, after having covered him for so long and, and followed him for so long, it just it it wrenches your heart every time. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles this. I'm sure he's going to handle it well. But if he had turned down that contract. Sure. What do you think? How he, it would have been tough for him, I think, cutting through this season. Oh, they would have they would have skewered him every time yeah. he struck out. He, it he, would have been that's another reason why that deal had to get done because yeah. if it didn't, the pressure on him would have been tremendous. And you know, he's shown he can do that. He's shown he can handle it. it never bothered him in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah, he showed he showed in that last season yeah. in Cleveland yeah. where he says he stopped stopped lifting weights and he, he stopped he trying real hard. Yeah, I, love I it. mean, so we saw that, you know, he, he was distracted last year. Hey, before we get too far along, I uh, did want to mention uh, on the podcast uh, a story that came out uh, yesterday as the Indians are sort of setting things in motion and setting things up for the home opener that's coming up on Monday. Uh, there's a, a new policy put in place uh, regarding Native American face paint, headdresses, and uh, sort of that sort of costuming and imagery, uh, and no cultural appropriation. They're going to forbid that uh, at the at the ballpark this year. Just your thoughts on on uh, that policy coming forth, and 
what it means to the fans and, and the city of Cleveland. Well, you know, I think, you know, I've gotten some emails on it and uh, people are saying, can I still wear my Wahoo shirt in there? And you can, right? As far right, as I know. Right. And then guys are saying, hey, I've got a Wahoo on tattoo on my arm. Are they going to let me in? Right. And I said, I don't think they're going to like scrub, scrub, you, scrub there, the uh, there's not going. There's not going to be a Wahoo police yeah, or there's yeah. not going to be, uh, you know, uh, the, the Gestapo out there trying, you know, thought police or anything like that. But again, this is all in line with the reason why the name change is happening. Right. You can't you can't say that you're for social justice and for change and trying to be a unifying positive force in the community and then still let people with bright red face paint character yeah. look and and uh you know you can't let karen from rocky river walk around in a native american headdress when she has no connection to that culture and the only thing you, that you're doing is making a, a mascot out of yourself i that's it, it. It completely fits in line with, and anybody who has any sort of pushback on this, any sort of anything, you have to look at yourself and examine your reasons for wanting that, or for for wanting to do this. No, no one wants you to 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 cut your leg off if you've got a, a Wahoo tattoo on your leg. That's ridiculous. That was the most ridiculous email exchange I think I saw. Uh, I'd rather cut my leg off first. Well, you know what? That's the little that, extreme. Then stay home. They don't need yeah. your. They don't need your ticket money. Seriously, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm tired of seeing people post things like that, and that's just, it's just plain ignorance. Yeah, the thing that always bothered me, Joe, was, uh, you know, you see the uh, Native Americans protesting every opening day, and I'm sure they're going to be there again. Oh, absolutely. You know, they'll be there again, and then, you know, you other people would dress, you know, wear the headdresses, wear the, you know, the face paint, and and get just to get in confrontations with them right what point did that prove i mean you're proving their point you right. know you're you're mocking their uh you know their ancestry ancestry and their their native roots and and so you know i could you know i, I agree with it to at to that point so uh so what are we in store for on monday morning when we get to the ballpark and and there's a a line of folks uh you know outside the Outside the ballpark, uh, protesting as, as I'm sure they will, but uh, the, name the name is going to get changed. It might, right. going to, it might take a year, it might take two years, but it, they've they've done what they've done. They've accomplished what they wanted right. to accomplish. So I'd rather see rather than protesters, I'd rather see uh, you know those, those same groups out there celebrating this year. Yeah, rather nice. it's it's a cause for celebration on their part, and uh, that would be appropriate, I think, but. You know that's not going to happen. It's going to get ugly, I'm sure. Uh, well, it was ugly here on opening day. Uh, the weather was ugly. The offense was ugly. Shane Bieber was beautiful, but that's about it. Hoinsey will be back again next week, uh, opening up the season at home at Progressive Field. Can't wait to get there. Can't wait to see everybody at the ballpark.